Richard Nixon. Well, I'm not a crook. Ronald Reagan. Tear down this wall. George W. Bush. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And Donald Trump. And a friend of mine for a long time, he uh, only likes politics. If you ask him about how are the Yankees doing, he has no interest. If you ask him almost anything, he likes politics and he's a professional at the highest level Roger Stone. All of these presidents relied on one man to secure their seat in the Oval Office. That man is Roger Stone. This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. This is the Roger Stone Show here on WABC Radio. Uh, If you're in the greater New York area, the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, where I grew up, uh, you can tune in at 770 on the AM dial. If you're out of town, you can listen to the entire show at wabcradio.com. Uh, you can also go back and listen to it later if you don't have time to listen now. But go to your cell phone right now, send a text or call a friend and tell them to tune in to WABC, where we are making AM radio great again. Joining us now, very excited about this, my longtime friend, Kimberly Guilfoyle. You you remember and recognize her from Fox News, where she was once one of the standout stars. Uh, she now is the star of the Kimberly Guilfoyle show on Rumble. Uh, and very recently, she had me very graciously on her show. And that show, last time I looked, had 1.9 million downloads. That's virtually 2 million downloads. Why? Well, because Kimberly Guilfoyle and I share one quality. We tell it like it is. We don't care if you don't like it. We don't care if you don't like us. We do care whether you like the truth, and we are always going to lay the truth on our audience. Kimberly Guilfoyle, thank you so much for joining The Roger Stone Show. Well, what a pleasure to be on your program. And you tell it like it is. I tell it like it is. And you're right. I was like, well, try not to laugh out loud. Like, and we don't care if you like it. I mean, it's really the truth because we're on a mission. Uh, we have a purpose and a passion to get the facts and the truth out there and connect with the great American patriots in this country. And, uh, you know, damn if I'm going to let the, you know, mainstream media and the fake news shape shift everything and tell the people a false narrative that they try to shove down their throats every day. I really do believe, Roger, this country is, you know, worth fighting for. And, you know, uh, nobody sacrificed more than Trump, the Trump family, yourself, General Flynn, uh, Manafort, the people they have just gone after, anybody with the intelligence and the passion to support and the integrity to support the movement and support the president and fight for the country. And, you know, it's uh, so apparent with everything that we've been seeing going on with Biden and just a complete and utter disgrace and embarrassment, a complete buffoon in the White House uh, with his son, who is just a straight up criminal. Uh, the family behaves worse than any kind of, uh, you know, white trust people even try to say. It's just a sad, sad state of affairs. Um, they didn't win the election. They're occupying the White House and just turning this country into a disgrace with the open borders, the fentanyl, the sex trafficking, the lack of infrastructure, manufacturing, just a complete uh, limp and weakened, emaciated economy. And we had so much prosperity under President Trump. And that's why people are showing up in record numbers for these rallies, wanting to be there for him. Like you said, the rally that he had that was, you know, they estimate at a low ball number 50,000. You have sources and reports saying there were 80,000 people that showed up. 
that's a hunger and a thirst for American greatness and to restore the America first principles and platform and ideology in this country. Um, I believe more than ever that we can do it again. I can't think of any other figure in public life, not just politics, but in public life, meaning sports, entertainment, politics. Uh, I can't think of any other public figure that could draw a crowd of 50,000 Americans any place in the United States. Uh, look, I worked for Ronald Reagan. He was one of the greatest presidents in my lifetime. Uh, but but he, he never had the kind of support and the intensity of support that Donald Trump has. And don't get me wrong, Ronald Reagan was very popular. He was a very successful president. Uh, he had great intensity. I love Ronald Reagan. Uh, but, people, but, yeah. but even Donald Trump surpasses him in terms of his approval rating among Republicans and in terms of the intensity. In other words, if you're a Trump voter, even if you're not a Republican, and by the way, that's the secret sauce, Donald Trump can attract a group of people out there who did not vote for John McCain, who did not vote for Mitt Romney, who never would vote for either one of them, who will vote for Donald Trump, would not vote for Governor Ron DeSantis, for example, were he to be the Republican nominee, which he's not going to be. Uh, the, I, I don't know what to call these people. They're not Republicans. They've kind of given up on politics, but they came back and they voted simply because of Donald Trump. That's the that's the missing element here that the other Republicans who would be the nominee completely miss. That only Trump can attract these working class, non-establishment voters who've been completely turned off to to public life, to government, to all of our institutions until Donald Trump came along and restored their faith that we could make America great again. And of course, in his oh, first you're four years, right. he did that. It's, it's really true, you know, and it's unlike anything we've seen. And you're a great, um, you know, historian of politics and what's happened in American political history and you know, working with so many different presidents and so many different, you know, campaigns, whether nationwide or state specific. But, uh, you know, we saw people just really proud to be Americans and it was really incredible. And I studied Ronald Reagan a lot, uh, you know, when I was in college and wrote papers about it. He was a great orator and, you know, was taught in all the great rhetoric and communications and political science classes. But you're right. There is something very different and unique, very special, lightning in a bottle about Donald Trump and the enthusiasm. I mean, I've been there when it is pouring rain, thunder, lightning, and people are standing outside in it. It's, you know, it's got an Elvis-like quality to it, you know, where we see this, where it transcends just, you know, politics as we know it um, and crosses over, you know, to pop culture and, you know, entertainment, all of the above. But uh, I think more than ever, people are really, really tired of what they see going on in this country. It's wokeness run amok. It's out of control. It's like the U.S. is like a, you know, a bus careening without a driver going over a slippery slope. And no one wants that. I mean, we want stability. We want someone who actually can function cognitively or otherwise, you know, in, in the White House. And we don't have that right now. And, you know, Roger, when you were on my show a couple of days ago, um, you were talking about how you really see this, you know, as it's been an interesting moment in time, but that, you know, Donald Trump is the one that can really, you know, bring this across the finish line. Because I think it's almost just like people see it sometimes as insurmountable odds because the Democrats and the liberals will do whatever it takes 
you know, to win. And to that end, you made, you know, a prediction that you've been stating, and I I think you're going to be right about it, that they are going to replace Joe Biden because they know they cannot go up against President Trump with him as the nominee. Um, And you said the truth. It's important to hear it. It kind of scares me a little bit because I think it's so accurate and I'm actually worried about it which is Michelle Obama, and like you said, they'll never have, um, you know, white men up again, you know, as the, the candidate, the nominee, as VP, yes. And the more I thought about it after you had stated it, and I've heard you say it before, about this whole Michelle Obama potential Gavin Newsom matchup, which is very interesting to me because I think they don't want to lose the White House and they know they can't win it again with Joe Biden. Uh, You know, people don't know this uh, about you, Kimberly, but you were a prosecuting attorney. You're a lawyer. You were a prosecuting attorney in both San Francisco and Los Angeles. You were Mm -hmm. very famous, by the way, for giving your summations without a single note. I also don't think you ever actually lost a case. So you were not just a, a, a great prosecutor. You were a very successful prosecutor. You're an accomplished lawyer. What is your opinion of the 37 count indictment they brought against Donald Trump uh, in in the Southern District of Florida. I think it's just really shameful. It's really just such a politicized, weaponized uh, indictment. There's no factual basis, no evidence to support it. It's repetitive, um, you know, charges that they try and actually just show you and like shock the conscience and with the number right by saying 37. But it's not that. And I just it really bothers me as an officer of the court. And having just really fought my life for equal justice and to apply the law uh, without uh, arbitrariness or capriciousness and just actually apply the law to the facts. I took my oath when I took it as a prosecutor very seriously. And I just think that we have people like Alvin Bragg and, you know, now what we see with Jack Smith and they are just a total disgrace. I mean, it's sacrilegious what they've done to just completely try to persecute Donald Trump. He did not do anything wrong. He is allowed to, under the Presidential Records Act as well, to keep documents. But yet they keep trying to pursue anything they can because he is the primary political opponent and rival of the current seated, um, seating president. And they don't want to face him in the ballot box. So they're trying to do anything they can to depress you know, voters, to not and suppress it so they don't vote for him, to try to keep him out of uh, the running. And, you know, and I honestly think the Uniparty and the globalists are all behind these people running against Trump as, you know, potential, um, you know, candidates um, in the primary. I think they're all working together to muddy the waters here. Well, a couple of them, to their credit, may be running for vice president. By the way, historically, that has been one way to get on the ticket to run a credible campaign for president. Well, who do you even like in that mix, Roger? Well, you know, uh, who hasn't attacked Donald Trump? That's how I would answer your question. Tim Scott hasn't attacked Donald Trump. I kind of like him. Chris Christie, uh, this guy's running for revenge. He needs to run, not for president. He just needs to run. Look at the guy. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, beyond that, uh, I think the rest of them are they are in the race for exercise. Uh, maybe uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is very smart. He shows up in Miami, 
the morning Donald Trump's arraigned, and he defends Donald Trump. That's not dumb, folks. That's smart. That means that he's got his fingers on the pulse of the grassroots of the Republican Party. But he was the only presidential candidate to step up that day and defend the president. He has my respect for that. He has my respect for that, too, and he has the president's respect for that. We talked about it shortly thereafter. And uh, Vivek Ramaswamy has also got his pulse on the youth, the base, the millennials, etc. He's the only one that is of that kind of genre, that age, that speaks and articulates the America First movement uh, very well and connects with them, bringing in new voters. So I'm intrigued by that. And I think he's smart, unlike some of these other um, dodo birds that are running that don't get it. Trump is not going to pick Nikki Haley. Trump is not going to pick Chris Christie. Trump is not going to pick Ron DeSantis. There's just zero chance of any of that. I agree with you about Tim Scott. He's smart enough to not be um, attacking. As you know, our great friend, the president, um, as you know, I know him a very long time as well, almost 20 years now. Um, He's all about loyalty as well. And he is not going to forget that he helped make, you know, Nikki Haley and, um, you know, all of these people, quite frankly, and helping them across the board. But Nikki and Ron DeSantis in particular, I think, you know, it's not been smart the way things have been handled by them, and it's not going to bode well for them. You know, if you don't live in Florida, if you weren't here in 2018, although you live here now, you weren't here then, many people really don't know the history. I think it's important to be laid out. Uh, Every single one of the 67 county chairmen in the state of Florida endorsed the state agriculture commissioner, Adam Putnam for governor. Every single Republican in both the state house and the state Senate, including the Senate president and the speaker of the house, endorsed Putnam for governor over Ron DeSantis. Every single Republican member of the Florida congressional delegation, with the exception of Matt Gates, endorsed Adam Putnam for governor. Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. was an unknown and undistinguished congressman running at about 7% in the polls. The last poll I saw had Putnam up over him 49 to 7. That's just short of 50. That would have been a wipeout. It is only yeah. because of Matt Gates uh, and Ron DeSantis, who went on bended knee and literally cried and begged for a tweeted endorsement. And Donald Trump decided to take a flyer. Uh, and this guy seemed all right to him, and he appreciated Ron's defense of him on Fox and on conservative talk radio in the Russian collusion hoax. He didn't know, by the way, that Ron DeSantis refused to endorse Donald Trump in 2016, even after he was the nominee of the Republican Party. Nobody evidently told the president that. I wasn't around, so I didn't tell him. Uh, But it is only through that tweeted endorsement that Ron DeSantis's candidacy was turbocharged and he skyrocketed to the Republican gubernatorial nomination. Then he found Mm -hmm. himself locked into a very tight race with the very clever, uh, very telegenic and very knowledgeable African-American mayor of Tallahassee. After Ron was essentially beaten in two televised debates, you could argue they were a draw, but he didn't win either one. Donald Trump, out of the goodness of his heart, because he believes in our movement, changed his schedule to come to Florida three times in the last two weeks of the 2018 campaign to literally drag Ron DeSantis, who was not a very good candidate, over the finish line. 
Therefore, I see his candidacy as an absolute act of treachery, as nothing mm-hmm. worse than a, a stab in the back. No loyalty to the man who made you? Uh, I just don't yeah. understand this. He's 42 years old. He, he, he is uh, not telegenic, to say the least. He's got some very weird habits, like eating with his hands. Uh, he wears lifts in his shoes because he's not very tall. Uh, and in all honesty, they say his wife is his greatest asset, but she seems to me to be a J.C. Penny knockoff, a wannabe of Melania Trump, when she has none of the elegance or poise or culture or kindness uh, that I think mm-hmm. exemplify one of our greatest first ladies, Melania Trump, who I've known since 1988. So uh, for wow. those who say, oh, well, what about 2028? I think he's ruined his chances for 2028. That might have been his year. If, if I were him right now, what I would do is drop out of this race, return to Florida. We have an insurance crisis. We have a mosquito crisis. We have a housing crisis. We have a water quality crisis. We have a crime crisis all going on in the Sunshine State. And where's our governor? Oh, he's in Iowa drawing crowds of a couple hundred people while Donald Trump is getting 50,000, I think it was closer to 80, in a tiny town of Pickens. This candidacy, I'm sorry, it's over. He needs to return to Florida and beg for Donald Trump's forgiveness. One thing I say about Donald Trump, he often reconciles with people who anger him. He often turns the, sec- the other cheek when people have crossed him, but when they come back in all sincerity and want to get back on board, maybe, I'm not speaking for the president, but maybe, maybe he would forgive Ron and his wife for their treachery. What do you think? Um, I would like to think so, but I have my doubts about it. But let's see. He, You know, the interesting thing about President Trump, like you say, is, you know, he is not above, you know, changing his mind. He doesn't hold a position or keep a mindset just for the hell of it. He'll have reasons for changing his mind and listening and paying attention to it, which I do like about him. I think it's a very good leadership quality. I've seen him do it. And he's also not afraid to do that. You know, he's uh, he's not afraid to change his mind, stand by his decisions and push forward. And I think he does it in a brilliant fashion that people know are, you know, know and see to be, you know, authentic. He's his own man. And he's, at the end of the day, he's going to do what he believes in. Um, and he makes decisions, you know, in that regard as well. So it's um, I, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing this whole thing, you know, play out. I want him to pick somebody who's fantastic, you know, for for VP. Um, you know, I, there's a few people that I really like. We've discussed a couple of them. anyone else you'd like, Roger. Well, first of all, I think you have to look at this uh, systematically. You can't see who determine who you have to be your vice presidential running mate until you see how the contest for the nomination goes. Uh, it is not impossible. Look, Ronald Reagan lost the Iowa caucuses, went on to be nominated and elected president. Donald Trump lost the Iowa caucuses in 2016, went on to romp in New Hampshire and then run the table on all the primaries and caucuses after that. So until this process mm-hmm. plays out, you don't know, politically at least, what you need. Obviously, you need somebody who from day one has the qualifications and the stature and the judgment to, God forbid, step into the presidency in the case of emergency. So that is a given. But from a political point of view, what we don't know is, do you need a a woman? Do you need an evangelical Christian? Do you need a Midwesterner? What do you need to round out the ticket for maximum 
political appeal. Uh, it's just too early to say. Some people say, well, what about Carrie Lake? I love Carrie Lake. I've never seen, I've, and I said this on your show, I haven't seen this much political talent, this an effective a communicator since Ronald Reagan himself. She, she's a rock star. She's an amazing, amazing uh, advocate. She was cheated out of the governorship of Arizona. We have more than enough ironclad evidence to prove that. But instead of just folding her tent, disappearing into the night, she's right there in the thick of the battle to take America back again. So she's uh, potentially a, a, a great vice president. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I have been one who gave voice to this idea of the potential of a bipartisan unity ticket, a ticket that will mm -hmm. be comprised, don't, don't yell at me, of Donald Trump for president and Robert F. Kennedy, a Democrat. Oh, well, I'm not going to yell at you. I like that idea. Now, there are a lot of legal and political impediments to that actually happening, starting right. with the fact that both Donald Trump and Robert Kennedy would have to be willing. And as of today, I think neither one of them are, nor do either one of them anticipate this happening. But this decision isn't being made now. It's being made next August. And next August, uh, America could be a very different place. Uh, I only know Robert Kennedy extremely casually. I'm not an advisor of his. I did not urge him to run. You see this crap all over Twitter. It's just false. Yeah, I know. But I do think that he's raising important issues. I do think he's extraordinarily courageous, particularly in talking uh, about the uh, uh, the murder of his uncle, President John F. Kennedy, uh, and his father, Senator and former Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy. He's been very courageous in his fight for health freedom and as a critic of the health bureaucracy embedded within our federal government, which has been completely co-opted by big pharma. Uh, he's been, like Donald Trump, he's demanded that our southern border be closed. Like Donald Trump, he has great skepticism about the war in Ukraine and are continuing to, uh, to receive uh, billions and billions uh, of dollars from the United States without any uh, accountability. So uh, I, I would like to think that even if Robert F. Kennedy, if he's unsuccessful in his efforts to topple Joe Biden or whoever the Democratic machine decides to put forward, I, I happen to believe it'll be Michelle Obama. Uh, and, and I think he sadly will be, not because he's not running a great campaign, because although he is being heavily censored, he is running a very provocative and interesting and innovative campaign. And from what I can tell, it's mostly him. He's an extraordinarily compelling uh, debater and speaker. Uh, but if at the end yeah. of the day the Democratic Party kneecaps him, uh, then perhaps Donald Trump pledges to make him attorney general or pledges to appoint him to the cabinet in the role of HHS secretary. I noticed when he was on with Laura Ingram on Fox, a very compelling interview, by the way, he was asked, mm -hmm. would you endorse Joe Biden if he defeats you? He said, well, I have to think about that. In politics, that means no, by the way. 
Uh, and then mm -hmm. she asked him if a Republican or if President Donald Trump asked you to serve in his cabinet. He said, well, I'd have to give it very serious consideration because when you're asked to serve your country, the answer has to be yes. To me, that means he would be willing. By the way, his uncle, John F. Kennedy, had a Republican, C. Douglas Dillon, as his secretary of the Treasury. Richard Nixon had John Connolly, a Democrat, as the secretary of the Treasury. Yeah. We have a long tradition of bipartisan cabinets. We have only two minutes to go here. Uh, final question, Kim. This is one that's easy for you. Donald Trump has taken in $35 million since the time that he was charged in the Fugazi uh, Smith indictment. This is a record. For the average person out there who wants to give to Donald Trump, where do they go online? Where do they go to give the president a campaign contribution? Yeah. You, so there's a number of different ways, because what you're talking about, too, I think really reflects the grassroots movement, which is all of the small dollar donors that love to give to President Trump. And then there is also, so with the campaign, and then there's also the uh, MAGA Inc., which is the super PAC, which is putting out all those incredible commercials and ads. I don't know if you've seen them. They've been really incredible. But you can go to this website, DonaldJTrump.com, and you can contribute. Um, you'll see that there. And it says uh, Trump, Make America Great Again 2024 to join the movement. You can enter your email, put your zip code. You can get all the updates. It also gives you an opportunity to be able to volunteer to work uh, for the president. We're setting up, you know, throughout the entire country and obviously in all of the important, you know, caucus states, et cetera, to be able to go there if you want to help out in Iowa or New Hampshire, all of the above. There's opportunities for people to be involved. And you and I talked about that on, on the show and Carrie Lake did, which is really just trying to be participatory. And whether you do it by making even a $5 contribution, our average contributions like $33, um, $35. And that means a lot. The president loves it. He talks about it a lot. So I think it's good because, you you know, you've got skin in the game and it'll also help you to show up to make sure that you, you know, vote. Um, and the whole point is, you know, they say the MAGA movement, what's it about? Well, it's about the American way of life and America first freedoms and fighting for this country. Um, everything that President Trump stood for and fought for and did an incredible job. And you know he's ready to go on day one. We don't need someone who's JV or with training wheels. We need someone ready to go on day one with executive orders and making sweeping changes to root out all the corruption and stop this weaponization and politicization of uh, government agencies and bureaucracy. All right. Unfortunately, we have to wrap it there. The beautiful, articulate, fierce Kimberly Guilfoyle, thank you so much for joining us on The Roger Stone Show. All right, God bless. Thank you so much, my friend. This is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC.